We're in the middle of a sermon series. Um, and the sermon series is called Red Letters. Or excuse me, yeah, Red Letter. Um, and it's a sermon series about the words of Jesus. If you've been here for the last few weeks, um, we've kind of been tracking along with various portions of scripture in the Sermon on the Mount, right? So this is not just kind of like, let's just like go back to back in the Sermon on the Mount. It's we're kind of hopping around a little bit. Uh, and um, the first three weeks um, uh, have honestly, they have they had this like beautiful mixture of Challenge and encouragement at the same time. Tiana set us up talking about this as like a stress test. If you remember that from week one um, and uh, and every week the incline has gone up. Like she was texting me about that uh, last night. Like, ooh, the incline on this treadmill. (laughs) Okay, I'm feeling it. Heart rate faster. And if you haven't been stressed yet. Um, keep living. <laughs> now, if you haven't been stressed yet, um, then uh, go back. <laughs> go back and, um, and revisit. And today is a little bit of rest. It's a little rest. Um, and the, I love to kind of pull back a little bit of the curtain in terms of how all of these things get planned. Um, uh, ben um, has really planned out this series, um, and he's done a phenomenal job of just organizing what happens and where it is. And then in the middle of it, I was like, hey, I really feel like I need to like switch some things <laughs> um, because I was like, oh, I'm feeling like this. And so these last this sermon in the um, sermon last week were actually scheduled for a couple of weeks from now. But um I'm really glad for the way that this has kind of shaped. Um, I think it's a really good thing for us to have a little bit of rest. Um, And why am I saying that? This sermon is about prayer, Um, which also is a really cool thing. Um, That was also not planned in terms of the introduction of that prayer partnership. Um, I love when Holy Spirit does that because you've just been invited to pray. And this whole sermon is about how to do that. (laughs) Uh, So it's a really cool thing like that. If you don't explain the story that feels planned. But the longer that I do this, the more I'm like, man, you are good, God. You're just planning stuff. We don't even know. (laughs) Like just planning out stuff. Man. So. Uh, the sermon is the acrostic pray, which will make sense as we go further. We'll be in Matthew chapter six, verses five through 15. Um, I want you to see this picture um, because we're talking about prayer. This portion of scripture is where we would see what has been typically called the Lord's prayer. Many of us have heard that before. Many of us grew up reciting it, and it's a wonderful portion of Scripture, and it is a wonderful written-down prayer, and and really, it comes out of Jesus teaching them how to pray. This is how to do it, like this, right here, right? Um, And we've 
talked about the Lord's Prayer here before, um, it's always good to kind of circle back to it. I don't like calling it the Lord's Prayer. And that's because Jesus specifically prayed in John 17. John 17 is that, like, the one time in Scripture where we see, like, yo, that's what Jesus was asking for. (laughs) This is more like the Lord's instruction of prayer for us, right? It doesn't take it away. It doesn't take anything away from it, right? Like, you can still call it the Lord's Prayer. It's totally fine, right? But in terms of, like, how we actually understand what is happening in that portion of Scripture, that isn't Jesus praying. He's teaching how to pray. And so it becomes very important for us as Jesus's disciples. This is how the Lord would have us pray. That's really what that is about. And then in John 17, we see, oh, and that's what you're praying about. We're not going to talk about that today. But if you've been around, you know, that's like literally like that's my go to chapter in all the Bible is like, listen, if we're going to do anything like let's do what Jesus prayed. <laughs> um, so um, Just like last week, I need us to kind of talk context. What is prayer? (laughs) I think the simplest definition of prayer is seeking God for dot, dot, dot. And the reason why I'm saying it that simply is because the more rules and the more boxes you put prayer in, the less dynamic it is. And the truth is. At the end of the day, every single time we pray, pray, regardless of how it looks, regardless of who has done it, regardless of what they've said, regardless of the of the desire, regardless of the modality, it's seeking God for something. So prayer can look like a number of different things. (laughs) Prayer can be signed because it can be singing. Listen, screaming, if you haven't prayed real loud in your car yet, just keep living. <laughs> like nobody's around like, oh, Jesus, what in the world? <laughs> or in the time of a tragedy, I know that I, listen, I know that I'm a very emotional person. I get it. I got big emotions. I've come to grips with it and I've accepted it. That's who I am. It doesn't take actually much for me to scream to Jesus like, Jesus! (laughs) But I also think that there are times where something big and tragic happens and literally the only thing that you can muster up to say is just Jesus real loud. That's a prayer. Because at the end of the day, Prayer is seeking God for dot, dot, dot. I don't have the vocabulary for what I actually need, but Jesus. <laughs> Prayer, right? It can be crying, confession, intercession, and supplication. Those feel like weird words because oftentimes we hear those and we don't know what they mean. So I'm just going to give you a real quick definition. Intercession is Seeking God on behalf of someone else. Supplication can be on behalf of someone else or for yourself. Intercession specifically is about someone else. 
Supplication is, God, we need this. I need that. They need this, right? It's this idea of going to your parent and this is a need that we have. That's what supplication is. Prayer, prayer can be silent, which your boy struggles with. I'm telling you, listen, whenever I feel like I'm supposed to be silent, I at least show up, I at least kind of hum a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like silent, Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't say nothing, but I guess it's got to need something sound, Jesus. Praise, it can be spoken. It can be listening. It should, you should have some listening involved in your prayer. You should, which I know for everyone is not, like some of us, we haven't been really given an imagination for the Holy Spirit wanting to dynamically speak to us, right? And I'm not saying that like every single time you pray, you need to sit there for a half an hour in silence waiting for God to say something so you can know to get up. But there is a posture of prayer that says that I'm willing to hear what you've got to say. And however that shows up, I'm listening. Right. Intimacy, thanksgiving, humble and powerful. Repentance, worship, dance, poetry, like prayer shows up. I didn't throw this one on there, but I should have art doodling. I have journals where I've literally prayed pictures (laughs) because if we put prayer in a box of it has to be a specific thing, a specific way, then we start putting on our prayer voice. Some of you know that prayer voice. Our Father. Blessed be thy name. Like, like, you, like we, for whatever reason, we feel like we're supposed to get like super serious. But the intent behind prayer is that we are seeking God for dot, dot, dot. And a primary kind of result of prayer isn't just what we get on the other side of it in terms of what we asked for. A primary fruit of prayer is actually closer relationship with God. That's why Jesus can say, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then all the stuff that you need, that kind of stuff will kind of come after it. It's not because the stuff that what you need is not important. Just the primary fruit of prayer is intimacy with God. That is what it is. So let's jump into Matthew chapter six. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. Okay. Told you like this is Jesus talking about how to pray, talking about what prayer is. I want us to kind of settle here for a second. There's actually another portion of scripture that we'll read that's very similar to this here in a moment. But Jesus is pointing to something that even we need to kind of know. Yes, I get most of us don't go on the corner and start praying real loud. I get that. And that's so. And so they may have actually been experiencing several people doing that. There was actually a time here in Grand Rapids where there was a woman who did that. Right. And, And so 
Jesus isn't forbidding praying in public, period. It's really the heart behind it that Jesus is talking about. It's like, yo, are they looking? Jesus, we need you. Anybody listening? Jesus, we like you. They get like get louder and more obnoxious and more showy. Like, I'm looking forward to somebody telling me, oh, you you prayed so nice. How does one pray nice? You know what I mean? Like that prayer was so good. Like prayer is just like seeking God for dot, dot, dot. So Jesus, my light bill is due. Prayer. (laughs) How articulate it is, how poetic and my tone of voice doesn't really matter. But we do kind of do that to one another, don't we? Let's be honest. Some of us feel intimidated to pray out loud with other people because I don't have the right words. I can't lace scripture in my prayer like other people can. Should I say in Jesus name? Do I have to say that? I'll just pray silently. Part of that is because of the spirit behind this. There are people who have been a part of God's people, God's kingdom, since even before Jesus resurrected, arrogantly praying so that people see them and how holy they are. Part of that touches that insecurity that all the humans have is, am I good? Am I okay? Am I good enough? And Jesus is trying to undo that. Jesus is trying to undo that. I gave you this really, really long list of all the things that prayer can be. Let me tell you what prayer cannot be about people seeing how godly you are. Amen. It's kind of like the one and only thing that, that Jesus is like, it can't, be, it can't be about that. It really can't be about that. If that's what it's about, you can keep that. <laughs> you want people to see how godly you are? They've seen. Good. So I, so that's what you honestly, your performance, that's what you were seeking me for answered. Right. If that's what you wanted at the end of it was I'm about to string these words together so tough that I'm going to have this whole congregation crying in the middle of my prayer. Check. You got it. They cried. They know you're godly. Done. That was a quick, easy one to answer. And that's kind of how that's kind of how Jesus talks about it. Right. Like that's the only reward they'll ever receive. They got what they wanted. But if prayer is to be sincere, it can't really be about that. He continues. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Pause. Remember, I said Jesus isn't forbidding praying in public. This is about a heart posture. This is about a heart posture. It's less about where if some of your portions of scripture say like go in your secret closet. (laughs) Like if you have a prayer room, praise God. 
you got to like, especially those of you who are empty nesters, if you've had children before and now you're empty nesters, like, what am I going to do with this bedroom? Prayer room. (laughs) Like, great. It's awesome. I love it. Do it. That can be just as dangerous if the heart behind it is, I need to make sure that God can see how much I love him, that I'm going to dedicate a whole 300 square feet of my house to prayer. (laughs) Then you got what you wanted. That's not what it's about. It's really about the heart posture of, I would pray this alone. I'd pray it with you. Like you start turning into like the green eggs and ham. I would pray this alone. I would pray this with friends. I'd pray this on a train. I'd pray this on a plane. Because the point is, it's not about how, what the people see and how they respond to it. That's what Jesus is saying. But there's, if, you, if we were going a little bit beyond 15, we would see that Jesus says something else, too. It's very similar. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. He used that word before, hypocrites, right? For they tried to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. This is, this is the most, this, this next week is the most, it's the most practical I think I've ever heard Jesus say. But when you fast, comb your hair <laughs> and wash your face. Okay? Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father. Who knows what you do in private? And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. It's that same kind of heart. We can, as believers, have this, have this posture of, I, to cover up my insecurity about knowing whether or not I'm good, I'm going to make sure everybody in here knows I'm good. So I'm hungry. Oh, I've been fasting. No, I'm fasting. No cookies for me. I'm fasting. Did you hear I'm fasting? I know you all are going to lunch, but I'll be here praying while y'all are at lunch because I'm fasting. Right. And I'm listen, that kind of humility really should permeate all of our lives. Right. At the end of the day, it's not to say that our relationship with God is private. It's not. It's personal. But not private. But the point is, it's not designed for you to be boastful with it, period. That's not the point. And that's really what Jesus is getting at. It's not designed. Prayer is not designed as a means of puffing yourself up. If it is, you can keep that. I don't need it. He continues jumping back to verse seven. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Which is like, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times where like, you already know, so why I got to ask? Can you just do it? 
because the primary fruit of prayer isn't getting what you need. The primary fruit of prayer is closeness with God. Yes, I get it. I get it. That feels like, ah, oh, it's like a, it's an extra step. At the end of the day, God already wants to provide everything you need. There's just something about us being in dynamic relationship with a heavenly father that says, I can go to you and talk about this dot, dot, dot thing. I can. There's two things that I actually believe that prayer is more interested in. The whole practice of prayer is more interested in maintaining this relationship of my reliance upon God, because a person like me, I am going to make it happen by myself. I'll still praise you, Lord. Like, thank you, God, you did it. I did it, but you did it, God. Prayer puts me in a position where I actually, from beginning through end, I'm reliant upon God. But then also makes me see something bigger than just what's in front of me. Oftentimes, we're so overwhelmed by what we are asking for that we miss the opportunity for God to take you like, hey, I know you're looking at that. And that's important. That's really important to me. I'm not going to forget. Also, see this as opposed to moment by moment. It's like living paycheck to paycheck spiritually. If that's the only thing you're doing. Prayer allows me to lift my spiritual eyes above what I need to know that God has got it and for him to show me something bigger than what it is I need. Because there is actually peace. If I'm just anxiously asking for one thing after the next, I don't have peace there. God wants to provide something else for me in that time of prayer that is peace. And the only way that I get that is by being able to see that what's in front of me is important, but there is more. That's why Jesus can say that the father already knows what you need before you even ask him. It can't be about you asking for the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It's got to be about something more. Then Jesus gets into what we call the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Some of y'all know like the King James version of this. Hallowed be thy name. Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yes. See, some of y'all already know. If you know it, we'll just like, whatever version you know, just say it. Okay, I know this is going to feel weird because some of us are going to say thy and some of you will say thee. That's all right. If you don't know it, you can read it as we go. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. Oh, yes, as well you be of those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom. Oh, go to the next one. This portion, I want, I I feel like it's always important to highlight when um, they found that in original transcripts, this portion wasn't in there. 
it's okay. It's still true. <laughs> the kingdom is God's. The glory and the power is God's forever. Um, and so I, it's just important, I feel like, to kind of highlight, huh, like in most original transcripts, this portion wasn't there. Um, but it has been a part of Christian tradition for centuries, right? As, as long as forever. <laughs> um, that is... And in that, that portion of scripture, Jesus is teaching how to pray. There's elements that, is, that are in there. It's this reverence of God. You're holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? It's like the beginning is this praise and this reverence. You are holy. There's also repentance and confession in there. Right? Forgive us. Our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, which I think is an incredibly important thing because that conjunction as we notice he noticed that Jesus didn't say forgive us our sins and then we will forgive those who sin against us. It's this kind of built in relationship. Lord, forgive us as we forgive others. Keep us away from temptation. Lord, we need bread. Right? Like, see all of these different ingredients that are in Jesus's prayer. Like, talking about our needs is okay. Talking about our sins are okay. Sometimes we, if we're still chewing on last week's sermon, that forgive us our sins as we've, Forgive those like we might have to pause there for a second. I'm working there. I'm working on it, Jesus. Forgive us our sins as I forgive those. (laughs) But that's the point. There are things in that that's baked in. And then Jesus kind of ends this portion with this. It's kind of this weird little diversion. If you forgive those who sin against you, your father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins, which is like this really, really harsh reminder. It's not the only time in scripture something like that is said, right? Judge not so that you don't get judged. God will be merciful as you if you are merciful. There's a whole parable about it. Like, is it like it's that's it's this is a kingdom principle. It's why it shows up in these red letters that to the extent that which we are willing to demonstrate mercy and forgiveness, that is the extent that is the cap on the father's forgiveness for us. You get you are the one who caps it. Blow the cap off and then the cap doesn't exist anymore. But which is an interesting dynamic that the father takes his lead from us there. You know what I mean? Like, just think like this is this dynamic relationship. Like, yeah, you want me to lead you, I'll lead you. But if you got it there, I'm willing to follow. That's you forgiving up to five, 50 percent. I got 50 percent, too. You forgiving up to 100 percent all day. I'm willing which is this interesting dynamic that Jesus points to, and it is a part of our prayer. So let's kind of get into some practical stuff. 
Every prayer should have a posture of reverence, humility, and authenticity. That's really what Jesus is getting at in that instruction to pray. Reverence, humility, and authenticity. In Philippians, Peter, excuse me, Paul is talking, he's teaching. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done. Then you will experience God's peace. Remember when I told you like that's where that peace comes in, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We'll talk. Most of the time in my life when I'm up against something that I need God to do right now, I find out in hindsight that I didn't need God to do it right then, but I did need peace. Right? At the end of the day, most of the stuff I'm urgently praying for, I actually could wait. If you know me, if you've been around, you already know of the spiritual fruits Patience is probably the least developed in my soul. God's still working on me. So I'm like, God, we need it right now. And if you can't do it right now, then I'm going to figure it out without you. And he's like, Chase, we're good. You really could wait a whole nother three years on that. But I don't want to. (laughs) And I'm having to learn, Okay, can I have peace in that in the meantime? And I have peace in the meantime to settle that thing inside of me that tells me I need it now. And then there's also moments where I legitimately do need it now. And I say, God, I, I, Jesus. And then I don't even have words for it, just Jesus. And the Lord does it. I get to trust the Lord's timing on that, too. And then there's this interesting portion of Scripture in Thessalonians. And it's just three words. Never stop praying. Amen. Or in some of your portions, pray without ceasing, which is like, how does one do that? I, it's not about constantly speaking, right? That's the reason why I gave you that long list, because it's about posture. Literally, you walking down the street, you can still be in that posture of reverence, humility, and authenticity and seeking God. And if at any point that's that's what we are, that's us praying. We can be in that posture all the time. Here's the thing that we do actually have to practice praying, though, to know what it feels like to be there. And I think because of that thing that we've talked about before earlier in this sermon, that there's an intimidation for many of us in praying like, yeah, pastors do that. I'm good without it. Or that's something that only grandmothers do. So grandma got it. My grandmother, my my mother's mother, I'm telling you, if anybody were to ever be intimidated by somebody praying, it would be her. (laughs) She's no longer alive. But this woman, every single morning, would like, like litter her bed with pictures of her family members and literally pray over all of us name by name, person by person. I don't know how long that took, because she had eight children, and they all had children. I was like, whew, OK. <laughs> and that's how you start your day. <laughs> it's a beautiful testament 
to prayer in her life, but that's not what God is asking for from everybody. That's not the point. But practicing prayer allows me to kind of also stay in that posture of prayer. Can you go to the slide that says, do you pray? (laughs) So that's the question. Do you pray? Like, honestly, like a few months back, we're doing this kind of self-check-in and talking about prayer as a spiritual discipline. And I encourage you, like, spend more time praying and then track that for yourself. Am I praying more? Like, do you pray? Some of us, we pray at the beginning of every meal, and that's the only time we pray. That's totally great. I love it. You get to incorporate this posture into that. Some of us, we only pray when something hard is happening. I love that you know that you can go to the Father with hard things. I also want you to know that you can go to the Father with jokes. (laughs) I also want you to know that you can, while you are, if you have a vehicle, you can, in your car, turn the music off for a moment. And God, blah, 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 blah. Music back on. I do not want you to get rid of your therapist if you have a therapist. But I also want you to know that there is a God of creation that wants to hear you speak about what's inside of you just as intimately as a therapist does. And I'm not telling you to ditch counseling. I think it's a good thing. But there's also something that God has the ability to do that no other human can. Show me a little bit more. And so it's this combination. Help me, therapist, counselor, help me navigate what I can see. God, help me navigate what I cannot see. It's twofold. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And here's the truth. Most friends will get you will get annoyed by hearing you talk for an hour. God will not. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Like, like, listen, (laughs) like, okay, your voice is nice. I'm done. And God is like, keep it coming. Keep it coming, daughter. Keep it coming, son. I want to be with you in it. That idea of God being your shepherd, walking with you through valleys, keep it coming. I want to be with you. Do you pray? So now we can talk about the acrostic because who doesn't like a good acrostic? Jesus gives these instructions for what prayer is. And I actually want to kind of encapsulate that as something we might be able to make tangible and take it with us. Praise, repent, ask, and yes. We'll talk about those. Um, but I went, a part of my prayer life, I'm not saying every single time I pray, this has to, these have to be the ingredients. No, but just in my overall prayer life, praise, repentance, asking, and yes. Let's go to that first one, praise. Begin with praise. What good has God done? Like so often we're like ready to go on to what it is that I need. And God wants to know what you need. So I'm not saying don't. And I'm not saying obligatorily praise God. No. 
But if Jesus starts off, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. I have no idea what this day is about to turn into. I need you. (laughs) But there is something, and this is even scientific about our emotions and our brain, that starting with gratitude in any situation allows us to be grounded into where we are and opens us up relationally. Oftentimes, we're not as relational with God because we're going with the stuff that we need. Start first. With this place of, God, I got a whole bunch of needs, but I'm I'm going to discipline my brain to thank you that I ate this morning. I'm going to discipline my brain to thank you that I'm in a warm space. I'm going to discipline my emotions to thank you for whatever it is that you've done. And I'm saying, keep it simple. You don't have to sit there and think for a half an hour about the most amazing thing the Lord has done. Something simple. And allow that to begin the momentum of our prayer. Going to the R for us. Repent. And I'm saying be real. (laughs) Right? I'm I'm not saying like some random little like, God forgive me of the other things that I may not have known that I've done. Nope. That's not authentic. And you can keep that. If God already knows what you want and knows what you need and sees you in secret, then it's not like God doesn't know. (laughs) So, Lord, you saw me struggling with how I used the, the, the Internet. Forgive me and help me. Like, it's not like God doesn't know. God, you saw me and heard me when I was too flirtatious with somebody whom is not my spouse. Help me. I like the attention. It's just you and God at that point, so you can, I mean, it's not like God doesn't know. Right? Being authentic is an incredibly important part of what prayer is. And that's really what repentance does. It gets us in this space where I'm a real human being, not trying to cover myself up, but actually receiving God's mercy for today. If there isn't anything that comes to your mind, you don't need to like, Make up something. I'm not saying every prayer is going to be the same, right? That's not the point. This is just a posture. I'm actively, Lord, is there, oh, yeah, yeah, that's been in my head. God, forgive me for that. Help me. Ask. Be expectant, but not entitled. There is a difference, right? Like, God, you owe me because I've been serving you with gladness, baptizing people, preaching and singing, Jesus. You got to do it, Lord. No, he don't. (laughs) No, he doesn't. (laughs) He really doesn't. (laughs) That's entitled. Expectant is, though, 
Father, I'm hungry. And you said that you would provide my needs. So you're the one I'm coming to. Because this is what you've invited me to. Right? That's expectant. There is a difference. God is a good, good father. Last thing is why. Be ready, be willing, your will, your way. And that yes is, what do I need to say yes to today? (laughs) Yep. Some of you felt it. Yes. What do you need to say yes to? Prayer is this dynamic relationship where it's not just Santa. Right? Right? It's not just I give my list. Uh, It's this dynamic relationship where then the father actually can ask some things of me too. I need you to go here. Uh, Yes. (laughs) What do I need to say yes to? Be ready, be willing. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. Like this is the posture of prayer. So even as you think about signing up for that prayer partnership, you and that person get to practice these things together. If you want to figure out how to pray without ceasing and you don't have to be talking all day, the more that this is your posture, the more you will be praying without ceasing. Right? I want to pray and then uh, we'll move. Father, you love us enough to put us through the stress test of our obedience and our allegiance and to give us rest, remind us of the intimate relationship you want to have with us. Teach us how to live this way, God. Give us this posture, Holy Spirit. Make us people who pray throughout the day, at any point during the day, all day long. Something about me is in a posture of reverence, humility, and authenticity with you, God. And will you also make that contagious so that those around me can feel that too? I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.